Hey, good morning, Shavua Tov, good Chodesh. Today's daf is daf Ayin. I'd like to go from the top of daf Ayin, but I think as an introduction, we might as well do the Mishnah that started this whole discussion. So just before we start today, Shuz Le'ilu Nishmas, Ben Zion, Ben Zev, Avram Alevi, may uh, his Nisham Evan Aliyah, and may his memory be a blessing. Um, so what this Mishnah is discussing, how, um, who does Bittle to who, and when, and when does it work, when does it not work. Remember, Bittle is generally what would happen if you have a few people staying in one Chotzer, and they would make an Eruv together, which kind of joins them all into one unit, so that you have... So that you don't have people carrying from their private property into dual-owned private property. Remember, that's the main concern here. Doraisa, if it's fenced in, it's private property and you can carry there. It doesn't matter whether it's how many people it's owned by or etc. But um, the rabbis came along and made a gzera. Just giving background so we can get back into it. And the rabbis came and gave made a gzera that you can't carry from one private domain to private domain under different ownership and that includes carrying from like your house into the complex what's called the communal property that's because that's trapped so the one way is to make an a roof where you kind of make all you unite all your property into one let's just view say it like that the other what happens if someone forgets to join the a roof so you have five people staying in this complex and four of them made an Eruv and one of them forgot to contribute his bread. So he was left out. So that's when we were discussing, that's what we've been discussing, this Perik, Bitul Rishus. Literally um, relinquishing your rights to the other people. Um, interesting enough, as we'll see, all the others have to be done before Shabbos. But Bitul Rishus can be done on Shabbos when you realize to allow other people to carry. So how many people can do Bitul Rishus? Who can, can you do bitter rishus to more than one person? When is it effective? Etc. That's the Mishnah. So the Mishnah is, um, it's the first wide line of Samach Tesamud Beis. As I said, let's quickly read through the Mishnah just to know what the Gemara is discussing because it overlaps a lot. Um, so Samach Tesamud Beis 69b. The Mishnah says, Anshei Chotzer Sheshochach Echon Mehem Velo Irev. Beisol. What happens if you have one of the people of the Chotzer who forgot and he did not join in the Eruv? Sorry, Beiso, Osur, from his house, it's forbidden to go in and out, to carry things in and out for him and for them. I, because his house remains his property, even though he's relinquished the rights of his Chotzer. But their houses... Him and they can carry in and out of their houses. As the Gemara says, he's like a visitor. If you go to your friend's house, even though it's not your house, you can carry from his house into his garden or from his garden into his house. So, so too, if you bittle your shus to someone else in the Chotzer, you can, to the other people in the Chotzer, you can carry in and out of their house. If the other residents of the courtyard, they relinquish their rights to this person. And now the whole courtyard is his. So everyone would be allowed to carry from his house into the courtyard and vice versa, but not the Einotlin, um, but they would not be allowed to carry from their houses into the courtyard, even from his house into the courtyard. Then a new point in the Mishnah. If it was relinquished the rights to two people, 
then they oyster it on each other. She'echot noisen rishus, v'noitel rishus, shnei noisrim rishus, v'ein noitel rishus. One person can give rishus or receive rishus. One person can relinquish his rights or receive the rights of other people. Two people can relinquish their rights, but two people cannot receive the rights. We'll discuss this more in the Gomorrah, but very simply what that is saying is if you try to give your rights to two people, will they be able to carry from their houses into the courtyard? So it's the exact same as if you have two people staying in a courtyard and they didn't make an Eruv. Can they carry from their houses into the courtyard? No. So, so too, if you relinquish the rights to two people, then they still can't carry. Now, my aim was saying, when can you do this biturishus? They shall I say while it is still day, I on Friday afternoon. They still say even once it's dark. Okay, and then this last point we actually mentioned last week. It says Misha Nosan Rashus. This is the last point of the Mishnah. Misha Nosan Rashus for Hoitzil Bain Bashoikek Bain Mazid. Someone who gave Rashus or sorry, someone who gave up his rights, he relinquished his rights to carry in the courtyard, and he acts, and he carried he carried from his house into the courtyard. It's as if he's retracted his giving of his rights and he forbids everyone to carry it. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer Yehuda says, Rabbi Meir says, if he does it on purpose, it's Osir. If he does it by mistake, it is Mutar to still carry there. Okay, so this last point was if someone accidentally, someone who was relinquishing their, who did relinquish their rights and then they carry, does it undo it accidentally. So I just want to close the door. Okay, so then the Mishnah, the Mishnah continues. Sorry, now we're going to go to the Gemara at the top of Ayin Amud Aleph 70a. So it says, Ve'ein noitlin rishus. This we said, this was the point of the Mishnah that said two people cannot receive Rishos. And let's say that the three of us in a courtyard and I want to mevatel, my, I forgot to join in uh, Mervin and Benji's Eruv, so I want to mevatel my Rishos. So if I mevatel it to both of you, that doesn't work. And very, Gamaras, um, Lamali, isn't this obvious? The Mishnah already said that two people oyster each other. I, if... Benji and Mervyn are, stay, are staying in the same courtyard. You guys oyster each other because you, don't, the, you each have your own house and the courtyard's owned by both of you. So why would the mission need to tell me that if I'm a vatal marishus to both of you, that you still can't carry? So he says, No, what it's saying is even if I say acquire it on condition to give it to someone else. I, for example, if I said, I relinquish my rights to you, Mervyn, on condition to give it to Benji, that would still invalidate it. That still wouldn't work because you, it has to be done um, directly. Um, and in the previous piece, one of the things that the Gomorrah said, Bittu Rishus only works when it's going to be effective. Okay, new point. Boy mine. Abaya me Rabba. Abaya asked Rabba. Chamisha sheshruim b'chotzer achas b'shochach echod mehem v'lo irav. So the case is, he says, there were five people staying in one chotzer and one of them did not join the Eruv. Keshehu mevato reshusa. When he is mevato reshus. 
Tzorich levatel lekol echod veechod. Oh, no. Does he have to mevatel his rishus to everyone? Or not? Can he just mevatel it to one of them? What are the different ways of thinking? Again, once you have these four people who have already made an Eruv, are they one unit that if he's mevatel his rishus to one of those four people, it's as if he's mevatel it to everyone because they're one unit? Or, or still, they're, in, they're really individuals and therefore he has to mevatel his rishus to all of them and then the Eruv will take effect. So, No, he has to mevatel his rishus to everyone. Now, Aesivay. Abaye is going to challenge this answer. So again, where we're holding at the moment, that rabbi says you have to, when you're doing bitur rishus, you have to do bitur rishus to all the people who are part of the Eruv. You can't do bitur rishus to just one of them, because then it's owned by different people. Now, Abaye is going to challenge this. He's going to bring a brysa which has seven different cases. You might actually call it six, but there's seven cases. I'm going to read the first one, Let's go through the Brysa. We'll come back to see how it addresses our question, but let's learn this Brysa. So the first case, well, you're interested enough. So as I said, there's seven cases in this Brysa. The first four cases are where Bitul Rishus is effective, and the, the last three cases are where Bitul Rishus is ineffective. So Omar Lay, so, so what's the, the first case is, Someone who did not join his the Eruv can relinquish his rights to one of the people who are part of the Eruv. Okay, the second case. If there were two people who made an Eruv, he can give his rights to someone who did not participate in the Eruv. So that, very simply, there were three people staying in the courtyard, Two of them made an Eruv, and the third person forgot to join in the Eruv. The people who made the Eruv can relinquish their rights to the third person. Third case. If you have two people who did not make an Eruv, they can give their Rishus to the two people who did make the Eruv. Or, oi. Now this I learned as a separate case, but you could probably learn it as part of the prevent. The echot shaloi irev to one person who was not part of the eruv. Again, so if you have two people who are part of the same eruv, and two other people staying in the courtyard forgot to join the eruv, they can each relinquish their rights to those two people. And then you have two people who are bitorishus, so they don't have any share in the courtyard. And you have two people who have all the rights in the courtyard, but they've got an Eruv together, so they would be allowed to carry in and out of the courtyard. And then the fourth case was, or you can have everyone being Mavata their Rishus to one person who wasn't part of the Eruv. Why should that work? Because, again, if you have one person who has all the rights to the Chotzer, then it's his house and his Chotzer. So obviously he could carry. Now we're going to go into the three cases where Bitur Rishus does not work. Someone who did not make an Eruv Sorry, sorry, I read wrong. Someone who was part of the Eruv cannot give his rights to one person who did not join the Eruv. 
as we're going to see, this is a case where there were three people, because it says there was an Eruv. So two people had an Eruv, and one person was forgot to join the Eruv. You can't have one of those people who are part of the Eruv giving their rights to the person who did not join the Eruv, because then you have one person from the Eruv, and one person who's now received the rest of the rights of the other person. So you have two separate owners. The sixth case. You also can't have two people who are part of the Eruv give their Rishus to two people who are not part of the Eruv. Because then again you end up with separate ownership in the courtyard. And the seventh case that there's, or the third case that doesn't work. You, two people who are not part of the Eruv cannot give their Rishus to two people who are not part of an Eruv. Okay, so those are the seven cases. I'll tell you the general rules, which I think will make it a lot more straightforward to keep in our mind. It, it boils down to, I think, two or three main principles. The first principle is, remember, to be allowed, when did Chazal say you aren't allowed to carry? When you're carrying from one Rishus, again, we're discussing all private domains. So, Doraisi, you can carry. But it's, the problem is, when you're carrying from one domain to another domain... Sorry, from one private domain to another domain that's under different ownership. Whether it's from one person to one ownership to another ownership, or whether it's from one ownership to joint ownership, again, that's when you're not allowed to carry. When are you allowed to carry, according to the Torah? When it's all one Rishus. So that's, again, in theory, what the Eruv is doing. So, if every, if the Bittu Rishus is done in a way that you end up with it all being under one jurisdiction, then it will be a good Bitorishus. And that can be. The person who's doing Bitorishus is mavatal to everyone who's part of the Eruv. Well then, all the people who are part of the Eruv all have equal rights in the courtyard. And this one person who wasn't part of it doesn't. So that would work. Or you can have everyone who's part of the Eruv mavatal the Rishus to one person who wasn't part of the Eruv. Because then again, who's this, who has sole rights in the courtyard? That one person. So it works to allow him to carry in and out of his house. Um, when would it not work? When you're going to end up in a case where you have the courtyard under different, either under separate owners without an Eruv, or the courtyard under different ownership to different um, to the people to the people's houses. Okay, now the Gemara is going to bring out the proof. Remember, Rabbah came along and said that when the person, you have a group of people who had an Eruv, and one person of the Chotzeh forgot to join the Eruv, Rabbah said he has to do Bitorishus to everyone. Abaya brought this price as a question, and now he's going to explain it. Um, Ketani Mihas Reisha, the first case that we learned was, Echod Shela Eruv, one person who was not part of the Eruv can give his Rishus, I relinquish his rights, to one person who was part of the Eruv. Now, hey, Chidami, what's the case? If there wasn't a third person, who did the second person make an Eruv with? Ah, we have one person who was not part of the Eruv. How many people do you need? What's the minimum number of people you need to make an Eruv? Two. So if you have one person relinquishing his rights to someone who was part of the Eruv, must be there's a third person. 
And what does the Brisa say? So clearly there's a third person in this courtyard. And the Brisa taught he can give his Rishus to one of the people who made the Eruv. Again, Rabbah came along and said, when you do bitter Rishus, you have to give it to everyone who's part of the Eruv. A buyer comes along and shows clearly that this price must be referring to a case where you give it to one person who's part of the Eruv. So we see you don't have to give it to everyone in the Eruv. The Rabbah. So how would Rabbah answer this question on him? It says, What's the case here? To have a umais where he um, to have a umais um, where there was a third person who made the Eruv but he died. Aye, so now on Shabbos, who lives in this courtyard? Just two people. The third person who had initially made the Eruv on uh, Friday afternoon was Niftar on Friday night. So then he can relinquish his right to the one person. That's how Abai will, will learn it. Ah, If you want to tell me that's the scenario, then you're going to run into trouble in the Sefer. In a later case, because the later case says, It says, one person who was part of the Eruv cannot give his Rishus to another person who was not part of the Eruv. If this third person, there was this third person, but he died, and my law, why can't he relinquish his rights? If you had two people who made an Eruv, and the third person of the courtyard did not join in the Eruv, and then one of those people died, one of the Eruv people died, why can't the other person give his rights to the single person? So, Elapshita to Isya. It must be that the third person is still alive. We're going to say for Isya, Isya. By the fact that the Safer, the, the, in this latter clause, the third person is still alive. The first case must also be where he's still alive. So, so, so that's how a buyer wants to learn. A buyer wants to learn this bracer. It's pretty clearly saying the first case is where one person gave up his rights to one person of the Eruv. Must be, there must have been two people. Rabbi said, no, the one person died. And therefore, there's actually only one person left in the courtyard, who was initially part of the Eruv. So the, so the, but Abaya says that can't be because later on we're clearly speaking about a case where the third person is alive. So here it must be the third person alive. So the Gemara says, no, Midi Arya. Is that a good proof? Each case is its own. Either Rash is discussing there were three people and the two people made an Eruv and then one of those people involved in the Eruv died. And the safer, this latter case is where one of the people um, where there were three people and all three were still alive. And Tada, I'll prove this. The Tani Safer we learn in another case. This is actually the Safer Duration, the last case, or the, one of the last cases of the first set. Remember, as I mentioned, Rasha and Safer means first and second, or first clause and second clause, but here we had seven cases. So, when it's, so it splits it into the general Rasha, which was all the cases where the Bittorishus works, and then the Sefer is the second set of cases where Bittorishus doesn't work. 
So that would be the first four versus the second four. So the safer duration, the last case of the first three cases. But it says, Vishnayim, but it brings it, so we don't have to worry too much. If you had two people who were not part of the Eruv, they can give their Rishus to two people who were part of the Eruv. We see clearly that they have to give their Rishus to both of the people who are part of the Eruv. So this is clearly a support for Rabbah. Okay, Rabbah came along and said, when you want to do Bittu Rishus, you have to do Mavatal to all the people who are involved in the Eruv, to the whole corporate, to the whole conglomerate. But here, so that, that, and that clearly says it. It says two people who did not make an Eruv have to Mavatal the Rishus to the two people who did make the Eruv. So that's a clear proof for Rabbah that you have to give it to everyone. Vabaya Omar Abaya says, no, my lebeis, what does it mean? Le'echod mi base. It means to one of the two people who made, it doesn't mean literally to both people who made the Eruv, it means to one of the two people. Ihachi lisni echod le'eruv, oile echod shalo eruv. Oh, but if that's how Abaya wants to learn, then it should have said to one who made the Eruv, or to one who did not make the Eruv. Kasha, okay, that's a difficulty on Abaya. Okay, but it leaves this discussion. It leaves this discussion of when you're doing bitter shus. Let's say there were a whole group of people in the courtyard. There were five. Four of them made an error of one person didn't. When he does bitter shus, Rabbi said he must do his bitter shus by either mentioning but handing over his rights to the other four people. Whereas Abayah said, no, he can just give it to one of them. Because by the fact that they've made an error they're now one group. So if he gives it to one of them, it's like he's given it to the whole group. Um, we leave that discussion. We we are we can't leave it unresolved. And now the Gemara is going to explain this brisa case by case because a lot of it seems redundant. As I said, we can break it down to two principles. The one principle is if the bitter rishus ends up that the whole courtyard is in one person's or the eruv's rights, then it's a good bitter rishus. If you do bitter rishus that the courtyard's is still under two different jurisdictions, and it's not a good Petorishus. So why did we need seven cases? So that's what the Gomorrah is now going to go through, through case by case, and explain what, what it's coming to teach. So the first case is, The first case was, if one person was not part of the Eruv, he gave his Rishus, he gives his Rishus to one person who was part of the Eruv. Now, what's the novelty? According to Abaya, it's saying that you only have to give it to one person who's part of the Eruv. That's the Mahlokah. And the price is coming to teach us that you don't have to give Rishus to each and every person who's part of the Eruv. You just give it to one person of the Eruv. According to Rabbi, who said that's, that's invalid, what's the novelty of the first case? The Chirush, according to Abaya's Urat, there were three people in that courtyard. Two of them made an Eruv, one of them died, and now you have the one person who was not part of the Eruv, Mavata Rishus, to the one. Ah, oh, Veloy Gaza, so why would that not work? Veloy Gaza, Zimnin De Asya. Because maybe you might think if he'd last week he did it when there were two, he was Mavatal Rishus. When there was one person to one person, he might do Bitu Rishus to one person, even when there's more than one person. Okay, so that's that way. That's the chirush of the first point. The chirush of the second point. If you had two people who made eruv, they can mavatel their rishus, relinquish their right to one of the people who are not part of the eruv. Pshita, isn't that obvious? Again, if you have two people who are part of the eruv and one person who was not part of the eruv, when they both relinquish their rights to him in the courtyard, who has who's the court? Who has rights in the courtyard? 
just the one person. So obviously it works. He says, No, you might have thought, maybe since he did not join in the Eruv, he didn't make an Eruv, we should penalize him. And say that he can't receive the right. That even though he wasn't part of the Eruv, we can still... He can still receive the rights. The third case, if you had two people who are not part of the Eruv, they can mevatel the Roshus to two people who were part of the Eruv. According to Rabba, this is to explain us the Rasha. Remember, Rabba's whole, one of the main things that Rabba wanted to bring out was that when you are mevatel Roshus, you have to mevatel it to all the people who are part of the Eruv. So that's what it says here. Two people have to mavata the rishus to two people. La abaya, but according to abaya, beis shelo irvu tzricha leisakadatach lidzur dilma aisi livtulei lohu kamash malan. Abaya says no. It's coming to teach that if there, it's just for the safer. If there were two people who were not part of the eruv, you might have thought we should make exera that maybe they shouldn't be allowed to mavatel their rishus to the two people who are part of the eruv. Because it would not work if the two people who are part of the Eruv try to relinquish their rights to these two. So Kamash Malan, they'd know it still works. Okay, the fourth case was, or to one person who was not part of the Eruv, why do I need that case? You might have thought that this, that we allow Bitorishus, is only where some of them made an Eruv. And some of them forgot. But if all of them didn't make an Eruv, maybe we should penalize them and not allow bitter issues. They were irresponsible. As I mentioned, I think on Friday, I, I, I came up with three reasons. One I know is definitely brought in the poskin. But there are three reasons why you should have to make an Eruv. One is you save, the primary one I think is you save people from Chilul Shabbos. The second is you at second and third part of Onek Shabbos and Shalom that you can have people going and visiting their neighbors and you can have the kids playing together they can carry their soccer ball to their friends uh, uh, to their next door neighbor and play there they can take some food and share lunch so it increases uh, Shalom and Onek Shabbos so for those reasons you should have to make an Eruv so maybe if no one in the courtyard made an Eruv we should penalize them and not allow bitter Roshus so that no one can carry from their house into the courtyard Kamash Malan we don't penalize them we still allow them to mavatel their Roshus to one person okay then the fifth case we said but now we're going into the cases where bitter Roshus does not work you can't have one person who made an Eruv who was part of the Eruv Give his rishus to one person who was not part of the Eruv. Now that's, again, why? Because remember, you have, you have two people who are part of an Eruv, and one person who's not part of the Eruv. So the one person, so if the one person who's part of the Eruv gives his rights to the person who's not part of the Eruv, you still have the second person who is part of the Eruv who has rights in the courtyard, and the person who's not part of the Eruv have rights in the courtyard. So that's why it wouldn't work. But he says, This is to emphasize that we're dealing with all three people still alive. And the Rabba, I did the Tanarash, Tananami Sefer. Now, since it taught the original case, i.e., the Rasha taught if the third person died, 
then he can mevatel his rishus. The Sefer comes to teach, if the third person did not die, then he can't mevatel his rishus. I is just teaching us the opposite case, but no new, real new chidosh. Then the sixth case was, You can't have two people who made the Eruv give their Rishus to two people who are not part of the Eruv. Why do I need this? Again, if you have two people who are not part of the Eruv, if they each now receive some of the rights in the courtyard, you have the courtyards owned by two different people. Or the rights to the courtyard owned by two different people. So he says, the bottle No, it's where subsequently one of them went and then gave it to his friends. You might have thought that this is good. Oh, what happened here? You had Ruvain mavatal his rights to Shimon and Levi. Now, granted Shimon and Levi on part of the Eruv, what would happen if Shimon subsequently to receiving part of Ruvain's rights gave them to Levi? You might thought, think that works. I, he's receiving rights and passing them on. So this is what it's coming to teach us, that that doesn't work. Since at the time he made the bitter rishus, it does, he is not allowed to carry. It's considered ineffective. I, this was uh, based on, this is the discussed in detail at the bottom of yesterday's Amud, but it seems, I, I couldn't work out exactly, but it seems to me if you make a bit or a shush, and at that moment it's not going to enable, be effective, I, it's not going to allow people or one person or some of the courtyard to carry into their thing, it's invalid, it falls away. And therefore, if you mavatle your rishus to one person, he can't pass on that bitter rishus because he never ever received it. You would have to mavatle your rishus to both people at once. No, even sorry, you can't mavatle. You'd have to have the two people mavatle their rishus to the one person at the same time. Okay, and then the seventh case and seventh and final case of the brisa. You can't have two people who are not part of the eruv give their rishus to two people who were also not, sorry, to two other people who are not part of the Eruv, again, this is so obvious, why do I need this case? Giving Rishus to two people who are not part of the Eruv. So he says, like, we need it to Omri, where he said, I'm giving you this Rishus on condition, am I to act as my agent to give it to someone else? Take my Rishus to give it to so-and-so. In that case, you can't work. It wouldn't work. Okay? Um, that ends that discussion, but I think again for us the two rule the the main principles for bitter rishus. Let's just re-emphasize them. When are you not allowed to carry in in a chotzer? Is when it's under different jurisdictions, when different people or different entities have rights to carry in that courtyard. So, for example, if you have four people who are part of an eruv and one person who is not part of the eruv, the chotzer is now under. Two entities, it's under the Eruv's entity and the person who is not part of the Eruv. Or if you have two people who made an Eruv or two people who do not make an Eruv, etc. All those cases, if you have the courtyard, the rights to the courtyard are under different entities, then it wouldn't work. When does it work? When the rights to the courtyard are all under one entity. If all the residents made an Eruv, then the Chotzer is under one entity. Let's call it the Eruv's entity. And therefore they can carry there. Or if you have everyone was mavatel their rishus to one person. The whole Chotzer is under his entity. So he, 
then he would be you'd be allowed to carry in that chotzer. He would be allowed to carry from his house into the chotzer and vice versa. Um, um, and the, so that's the important point to remember with bitter rishos is it works when you relinquish in your rights in a way that you end up with the chotzer being under one entity. Okay, let's go on to the new question. A boy minei rova merav nachman. Last line of Ayin Amud Aleph of seventy-eight. Boy minei rova merav nachman. Rova asks Rav Nachman, Yoresh Maushia Vatel Rishusa. Can a heir, someone who inherits the property, do bitur rishus? Rashi explains the case was obviously have a chotzer with multiple uh, people who live in it, and they and their father of this person forgot to join in the eruv. And he died on Shabbos without Biturushus. Can the heir now, and remember in Torah law, as the person is Niftar, his heir becomes the new owner. So can this, let's just say son, can he now relinquish the rights to the other people in the Chotzer? And the Gomorrah now on the top of the next page explains the question. Where... If he needed to make an Eruv the day before he could make an Eruv, bitule nami motzi mavatel. That's where, if he wants, he can do. That's where he's able to do bitul. Aval haik even the eboy la aruve meet moloi motzi. But this air, if he wanted to make the air the Eruv, join the Eruv yesterday, loy motzi ma'arev, he would not be able to, because remember he had no ownership in the courtyard. It was his father's house. His father could join the Eruv, but he couldn't join the Eruv. So on Eruv Shabbos, he couldn't. Maybe loy matzi mavatel. Maybe he's not able to do bitorishus. I maybe only someone who's someone in whose power it was to join the Eruv has the power to do bitorishus, and an heir did not have the power. Or or maybe a, a, an heir is just like the legs. I just like an extension of his father. Just he's just kind of just slotting into the place of his father. So just as his father could do Biturushos, he can also do Biturushos. So Amarle, what did Rav Nachman answer? He said, I hold, Aniyomer, Mavatel, that he can do Biturushos. Vahani Devei Shmuel Tonu Ein Bitul. But the yeshiva of Shmuel taught that he cannot do Bitul, and air cannot do Bitul. And now we're going to challenge these ways. We'll do... The first two challenges today, and we'll finish off the discussion tomorrow. So the first challenge is Asivay. Zeaklal, there's a general rule. Kol mutar Shabbos, hutar Shabbos. If it became mutar for some of Shabbos, it remains mutar for the whole of Shabbos. But kol Shabbos, and anything that was also for a little bit of Shabbos, neser Shabbos becomes forbidden for the whole Shabbos. Chutz rishus, except for bitur rishus. Are we going to go into examples now? But basically, if you set up your Eruv on late Friday, Friday afternoon and start off Shabbos, you have a good Eruv, then something happens on Shabbos to ruin your Eruv. That's fine. You start, you started off Shabbos with a Miktas Shabbos. You had a little bit of Eruv. You had an Eruv. Sorry, you had an Eruv for some of Shabbos. It lasts the whole Shabbos, even if something happens to the Eruv. And the other way around. If you didn't have an Eruv at the beginning of Shabbos, you can't have an Eruv for the rest of Shabbos, except regarding Biturushos. Now we're just going to analyze this price. It says, Shabbos, Anything that started off that you could carry on Shabbos, you can now carry the whole Shabbos. For example, 
Eruv Derech HaPesach V'Nistam HaPesach You made an Eruv because there was a doorway and then the doorway got blocked. Eruv Derech Halon V'Nistam HaChalon You made a doorway through, you made an Eruv through a window and then the, the window got blocked. I, to make an Eruv Chatseris, when you want to make an Eruv with your neighbor, there has to be a gap for you to get through, like a doorway or a window larger than 4 by 4 If it's just a solid wall, you can't make an Eruv between you and your neighbor. So this is the case. It's what happens if you started off Shabbos, you made an Eruv because there was a door, and then uh, something happened and it broke and got sealed, so there's no door. Are you still allowed to throw things over the wall or not? So yes, because you started off Shabbos. Ze'aklal, latuye. But then what's the ze'aklal coming to include? Maboy shenitlu karoisov oilechyov. If you had a maboy whose beams or lechy was removed. This is going back all the way a few months ago to the more closer to the beginning of the Masech. when we discussed, remember, if you have a maboy, you put a crossbar or you put a lechy. If you started off Shabbos with that crossbar or lechy and you were allowed to carry in the maboy, good. If not... Um, that, that's what is sorry. That's what is coming to. If it subsequently was removed over Shabbos, you can still carry there. What's kagon? What's the case of if anything that if you started off Shabbos unable to carry, you would not be allowed to carry the whole Shabbos? If you have two houses across the road from each other, and then non-Jews set up partitions. I had two houses across the street. Now the streets are Rishus Harabim, so you're not allowed to carry there. If on Shabbos non-Jews put walls on either side of the houses, so they fenced in that little block of streets. So now you have these two houses which were across the road from each other, but now for all intents and purposes they open into a chotzer. They still cannot carry there. Ze'aklal atuye mai. What's the ze'aklal coming to include? If a non-Jew died on Shabbos. I remember you have to rent the rights of a non-Jew to make an Eruv with, an, if, with his property. If he died on Shabbos, you can't. Uktani, and then the Mishnah taught, this is the important point. except for Bitterishus. in Yoresh law. It says he can do Bitterishus, but his heir cannot. I think that I think Shat is that it seems very explicit that the one who is doing bitorishus, I implying that only he can do bitorishus. It should have said chutzmi mevatorishus v'yorsho and his heir. By the fact that it left off that word, it can't be. So we see clearly that an heir can't be bitorishus. So, No, what it means is except for the, the concept of Bitorishus. I'm not saying except for the person who's going to do Bitorishus, which would then exclude his heir. It's saying except for the concept of Bitorishus, i.e. you can never change the status of an area on Shabbos. I, once Shabbos starts, if you could carry there, you can carry for the whole Shabbos. If Shabbos starts and you can't carry there, you can't carry for the whole Shabbos, except there's one concept that can change that. Bitorishus. Relinquishing your rights. And that can work according to Ram Nachman, whether it's the person himself, he can relinquish his rights so that the other people can carry, or his heir can relinquish his rights. Okay, so that's not a rejection of Rav Nachman. We're now going to challenge it again. Challenge him again. What happens if someone who was part of the courtyard died and he left his property to a person, to someone else? I'm not part of that Chotzer. 
If it, if he died on Erev Shabbos, then it's Osir. Because he never joined, the new heir never joined in the Erev. If the person only died on Shabbos, then he doesn't Osir it. That's as we've just learned. Because if you start off Shabbos allowed to carry, you can continue to carry. Rashi explains, okay, so you have someone who didn't stay in the courtyard, but he had a property there. And then he died, and he left it to another person on the property. So let's say he had five units. One of those units were owned by this person who never used to stay there, so he doesn't get in the way of the Eruv. But he died, and he left his unit to one of the other four members. So he says, if he died while it was still day, he does not oyser it because they'll make an Eruv. The unit number four, who just inherited unit number five on Friday afternoon, will make join it in the Eruv. Nothing wrong with that. But if it's already Shabbos, oyser. He can't join the Eruv. The Eruv has to be done on Eruv Shabbos. Now, Amai Oyser, why does he make it forbidden for everyone to carry? Niftal, he should just do Bitorushus. Again, you have units 1, 2, 3, and 4. And on Shabbos, unit 4 inherits unit 5. Now we're saying that no one can carry now. Because you have the Chotzer is made up of the unit 1, 2, 3, and 4 who are part of the Eruv. And unit 5, which unit four just inher- which number 4 just inherited. So we've got two different Rishuas in this courtyard. But why not just do Bittal? Let the new owner of Unit 5 just say, I give, I relinquish its right. So he says, my Oisin. He says, what? So, so it seems to go against Rav Nachman who says, an heir can do Bittal Rishuas. So he says, no, my Oisin, what does it mean? Forbid. My Oisin, Nami Dektani. When it said Oisin, Adshivatel. That means until he did Bittal Rishuas. Okay, so in short... Rav Nachman stood up, we've asked two questions, we, we started off with the question on this Amud, can a heir do Bitrushus? If someone inherits a property on Shabbos, can they do Bitrushus? Is it only the person who could make an Erev, he can do Bitrushus, which an heir had no right to that property before Shabbos, so he can't do Bitrushus? Or is it, he's an extension of the original owner, so he can do Bitrushus? Rav Nachman said he can, we've tried to challenge Rav Nachman from two um, sources, but none of them stood up. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.